0: Welcome to the Customer Support Leaders Podcast. I'm Charlotte Ward. Today we're listening to one of my favourite episodes from the archives. I'd like to welcome back to the podcast today Zenny Bandy. Zenny, it's lovely to have you back again. And we're talking about a topic this week that's close to your heart. It's startup support. I know you have a lot of experience in this area.
1: Yes, I'm very passionate about startup support specifically, probably because it's the only type of support I've ever done. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. Um, but it definitely is its own beast. Uh, and I'm excited to talk about it.
0: But I guess my first thought really is... You, you clearly are passionate about it, and you said it's the only type of support you've ever done. Would you seek a support role in a bigger organisation? And, and I know that might be maybe maybe you don't want to never say never, but 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 what is it particularly that's attractive about startup support then that that you don't see in in bigger organisations?
1: That's a really good question. And honestly, sometimes in startup support, I don't see this as well. Um, so I'm very particular about the type of company I would join. Um, but the problem with supporting in larger organizations is that um, there's not they're not very strategic, normally those functions. Um, and in startups, especially earlier stage startups, you have a lot of opportunity to make it a very strategic function that actually helps directly with business objectives. Um, for example, customer support can drive profit and revenue. And at larger organizations, the systems and processes are so ingrained and entrenched that it's impossible to make progress on doing revenue driving initiatives.
0: Yeah, just actually having that ability to influence is Attractive in a lot of roles in the startup world, isn't it, really? Um, so, so tell me then about some of your experience in startup support. I, I, I don't know if you've got a particular story you want to, to tell us or like a, a, a nugget of wisdom that you can <laughs> that you can drop for the next five minutes.
1: Yeah, I think I would just start with saying always get help. When you're um, leading a team in a startup for support, typically your company, the people in your company don't have any experience. You, might, you are probably the most experienced person, um, but there's many people who've done it. And so don't do it on your own. I was lucky enough to come across support driven and talk with so many people and individuals um, there that really just helped me elevate what I was doing and how I was thinking about it. Uh, and one of the things that I also really appreciated about startup support was also being able to take practices and frameworks from other parts of the business and apply them to support. So I was able to do a lot of training with growth, the growth marketing, um, function of, uh, one of the startups I worked at. And so I actually designed all of our OKRs and, uh, quarters exactly the same way as a project. Um, as a um, performance marketer would. And so you also are able to do that. So when you're talking to other people and getting outside help, don't limit it just to customer support. Talk to any function. It's really important to um, not reinvent the wheel because you're gonna be, you're gonna have so much work that you just don't have time.
0: <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. Um, I'm, I'm definitely experiencing the no time
1: <laughs> right
0: now. So actually, bringing a lot of experience from other leaders of other parts of different businesses as well as other support leaders as is a key part of your learning experience right in startup land. even if even if you are a pretty experienced support leader, there's always something to learn, right. What, what do you think the what do you think the the biggest lessons you've learned recently are?
1: I would say they've actually been around leadership specifically. Uh, So I've been reading, I've been reading this collection of articles from the Harvard Business Review um, on managing people. And a lot of the articles are pretty old. Um, But one of them was talking about how you really create these self-fulfilling results for your employees and your team members. And um, there's this concept of the in and out circle. So Uh, support is no different than any other team. And so you're going to have your support agents or support leads that you just can't do anything wrong. And you treat them as partners and you're going to them for ideas. And then there's those that just maybe underperform and it's often metrics. And you kind of have a lower bar for them, and you don't give them as much opportunity to flourish. And it's talking about how that impact of having that in group and that out group really have a long term impact on the potential of your employees. And looking back, I definitely did that unintentionally. And so it's just something that I've really been thinking about a lot. Um, So just kind of going back into traditional type of leadership training. (laughs)
0: like that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. Um, and, you know, support leadership, I think, does, whether we're talking about startup support or in a larger, larger organization, I think, um, we, we do tend to focus a lot, as you said, on the metrics, on the process and everything else. And maybe we do have a tendency to forget that we're also looking after people.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And um, startups can be very intense work environment. So it's really important as well to, um, to really give people what they need. One of the things my husband and I have been talking about a lot recently was is applying love languages to the workplace. Um, The five love language, they actually have a book specifically designed for that. Um, But it's really interesting and uh, a way to 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 treat people and making sure that you're showing up for them in the way they need, because it makes such a big difference with the outcome of their work. And in startups, it's so hands-on, it's so personal, it's, it's a family, um, you know, maybe it gets the size of a village, but you're, you really, you know, what you do and how you treat people is what creates the culture in your company. Your, com- your company culture is not something that you design, it's how you interact with people. And so as a leader um, with support, you, especially in a startup, you're setting not just the tone for the culture of the company, but how the customers see you as well. So it makes such a big difference.
0: That's it for today. Go to customersupportleaders.com forward slash 181 for the show notes, and I'll see you next time. And, you know, one thing you said there, which struck me is, is something that I think I've expressed about, I don't think I've talked about this really on the podcast, but certainly it's something that I've expressed in organizations that I've worked in. And that is how like the support relationship with the customer is echoed further into the organization and how Mm -hmm. actually, how actually what you have is customers are the customers of support but support are the customers of other teams right Correct. so really yeah. so really it's all you could pretty much lift that same set of processes mm-hmm. around setting those expectations like s like slas I, I love internal slas i love knowing that when i send something mm-hmm. i'm going to get an answer or a response or, or whatever back and this is the mechanism that is going to be used mm-hmm. and this is the time frame i can expect and this is mm-hmm. the kind of cycle that follows
2: and the answer can very well be look we're not going to act on this or "Mm, this will take a month or this is on the roadmap but at the moment it's more like (laughs) 2023-ish but like some kind of answer like what is the most toxic thing ever and that in all kind of communication is just ignoring that somebody has said something because then it's like did they not read me are they ignoring me do they hate me? And then in a remote environment, like people get very creative in thinking about why they're being ignored.
0: Oh sure, don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I hear. And the um, and just the as you said before, like the the clear setting of expectations is like a very very big part of that. Being able to communicate things and and like understanding the differences. Um, I don't think I've had anyone explain to me quite so clearly, even though I kind of know it at some level, Hmm. like just the the speed differential. Hmm. I think that's such a big part of this because Hmm. even now, I mean, in every organization I've ever worked in, but but even now, after all these years, Val, after all these years, I still think product, saying
2: it's going to be three months before you do this thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep yep that's is actually that's something that i really had to adjust to like between when you made the move yeah exactly it's yeah. just slow like it's not it, it's not like that they are working less or that we are doing less things it's just <laughs> yeah. like there's not one ticket one answer 10 minutes next ticket it's like yeah. it takes time and if you want to like m- because we don't want to ship something with like 10,000 bugs. I mean, there will be bugs in there because there always are. But we want to oh, keep those... Don't shatter like do my as... illusions. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we want to, to, to keep those as, limit, like as limited as possible. And uh, if possible, catch them before they actually release to customers. So all this takes time. Because hmm. even if we say, okay, this takes, I don't know, four weeks to code. And then, goes, then it goes into quality assurance. And then they find stuff. They always find stuff, which means it goes back, which means that it takes another two weeks. And that's just mm. the normal rhythm of product development. And I think their uh, product teams tend to uh, not deliver on how much they can actually proactively communicate. Because it's one thing to communicate there is a feature coming out next week, which is already great because it allows the customer support team to actually get up to speed before the the thing is actually in the customer's hand. But what would be really nice is to have a clear roadmap that is communicated consistently and constantly to everyone. So at Klaus, for example, Mm. we now, uh, like every month, every four to six weeks, I present the roadmap to everyone. Mm. like we do in uh, in our company all hands and that way it's a very interesting thing because of course the roadmap is not set in stone it's actually a very active thing and cards move around and features that we w- thought would be done next will actually be done after this thing because we suddenly signed a new client and now this is more Mm. more important and all of these things because i'm the one who moves the stuff around on the roadmap of course i know why this is now more important than the. but i cannot expect anyone else to know all that so like once a month or every two months actually bringing everyone together and say hey this is the current roadmap and as you can see from last time we thought this would come out in q2 but Honestly, I don't think this will happen because we signed this client and they actually need this before they can actually roll this out to the entire organization, which means that we have now moved this to to Q3 and be like very, very transparent about the things that are currently happening that you expect to be happen next and that you don't have a crystal ball. Like, I don't know, like I can more or less imagine whom we are going to to sign next because very often the sales cycles are also very long and Mm. i'm really happy that our sales department also informs about me me who is in the pipeline and what their expectations Mm. are so that actually because I, i mean product is like in the middle of everything we are not even at the beginning of the of the story Mm. So it's basically sales, product, customer support. But like by bringing all this information together and making sure that everybody actually gets an active reminder about what we are talking about and what we are working on every four to six weeks, and then it is one of our like it's a top-level document in our knowledge. And like if you don't remember, you go into the roadmap. It's updated every two weeks, so you can see if something swapped around. So you could also proactively go in there and be like. Oh this feature that i thought would be coming out in march has just been moved to may and then mm, t- mm. sometimes people will then ping me or or go with the, in github themselves to see what is happening there but like it, the m- easier the more accessible the information is the more you lower actually the stress level of the people who rely yeah. on that information
0: yeah for sure. Um people are more forgiving then as well mm-hmm. aren't they because it's less of a black box as you said I think that um everything you just described about having accessibility to the information even if the information changes I think it's just great because as you said the stress levels low and mm-hmm. if the information does change in such a way that it impacts that particular team and for, for support that probably means a particular customer or set of customers mm-hmm. um it enables your support team a to understand mm. <laughs> and still feel informed and valued. Yeah, but b exactly. to com- but be to convey that in the mm-hmm. right way to customers, and mm-hmm. and I think that that um, that flexing in the roadmap. It, it's, I mean, I guess this varies a little. Uh, product to product but Mm -hmm. it's probably unlikely to be huge significant sea changes
2: oh no no we're not not going to pivot to another product Exactly, it's usually a change in like which feature comes first on timing exactly and usually there is a good reason for it and in my experience the more candid and the more open I am about the reasoning why things change the easier it is for the customer support team to actually do something with that information Mm -hmm. and what I've also done is that I have actively helped to phrase how things can be communicated with customers
0: yeah yeah that totally makes sense um and and you know i think that everything that um helps customer support with the right messaging and with Mm. you know with the right uh with the right either Uh, exactness of knowledge or the right kind of level of vagueness of knowledge as well that they that they make that they make available to customers um i think just allows them to build a certain level of trust with customer as well Mm -hmm. so 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 i i think then um the last question i have for you really and this isn't a one sentence answer or maybe it is maybe you have all the answers (laughs) But, but, my last question or, or the last thing I'd like to explore, perhaps, is just how systematic you feel this needs to be in either either or both directions, mm-hmm. like how much process do we need? how formal do you think we need to be?
2: I'm a huge fan of, if not processes, at least touch points.
0: Mm, yeah,
2: so because if you don't have either, you end up spending three months without talking to each other. And not because you didn't want to talk to each other, but because there was always something different coming up. And so you never yeah. ended up talking with them. So um, at Klaus, we have a weekly, we call it product CX sync, where mm-hmm. we just, the product team gets together with the customer support team. And then we are like, okay, this is what. in case you didn't see it in the demo meeting, these are the things that are coming up. Is there anything that you would like to share with us? And sometimes we just talk about the weather or like we laugh a lot, a lot in that meeting. Like we mm. commiserate over the fact that Lillian continues to be hostage in Brazil because they've canceled all flights to Europe. Like mm-hmm. we talk a lot about like personal stuff, but it is mm-hmm. a set half an hour every single week that if there is anything on fire that they know that have, they have my full attention in that meeting to help them figure out or help us figure out what we can do to mitigate the, the situation. And even though, like, it's a little bit like one-in-ones. If you don't talk in every one-in-one about, like, super okay, career awesome. yeah, yeah. things. Yeah. But yeah. if something comes up, there's this weekly one-in-one, and you know that this is the hour where your, uh, like your boss or your employee actually will be there, with their whole attention to actually talk about this, and I think product and customer support also need this like touch point where it's like, okay, there is something that I would like to talk about. There is an idea, there is a problem. there is this customer that has asked for this thing, and I don't really know what to answer, like just to have at least one touch point every week. Mm, mm,
0: that and makes this sense. is like
2: this is like the most lightweight process that we have set. We then have like, and no, it's not really internal slas if i call it like that like i probably would get pushback but we do answer all of the github issues in a reasonable amount of time yeah, just to yeah. kind of show that somebody has seen them
0: mm-hmm. which is a which is again about trust but i guess also this is about scalability right yeah, at the yeah, moment yeah. you're at a scale where where mm-hmm. you can make that work with just knowing that you've got a time where everybody's going to be Paying that attention, I guess.
2: There'll come a point
0: (laughs) where you'll need to do more.
2: Yeah. Plus at Klaus, of course, we use Klaus. Mm. So, And we actually do all hands reviews. So every single person at Klaus has to review 10 tickets of our own support agents every month. Right. right. This means everybody is using the product. Everybody knows how the product works. Everybody gets exposure both to the product. It's very interesting how like small tweaks that drive me crazy when uh, someone of the, from the dev team actually does their reviews and then they disappear mm. because I'm not the only one who, <laughs> who, 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 they, who was driven crazy by that. So yeah, like, yeah. And, and really everybody, like whether you're HR or marketing or engineering, it doesn't matter. I want everybody to understand what we are actually, like what our value proposition is. Plus, if everybody reads at minimum ten customer conversations every month, the connection between company and customer is so much closer mm. because everybody sees what is happening on the customer support side, and very often we have like comments in uh, uh, in our slack where it's like, "Wow, you handled that amazing." Mm. From somebody who like usually has no connection whatever with with customer support, which of course is also like a nice appreciation practice for the customer support team
0: mm. yeah, yeah, because yeah.
2: they don't feel like they are like this extra part that's like somewhere there keeping the customers quiet, no, no, they are like they are an integral integral part of how we work as a company, and everybody knows what they are doing in their day to day, which I think is not the the it's not something that happens in most companies. Like if you ask mm. somebody in HR or in marketing, what do you think are the customer support people doing every day? They're probably like, I don't know, like answer customer questions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, but like it's more than that.
0: Yeah, and and I think I think I I completely hear you, and I think that um, like far from this being a marketing pitch for Klaus, I think that I think you know we just implemented Klaus where mm-hmm. in my day job right now at Snowplow, so we we implemented clouds I guess we've been running with it a month six weeks something like Mm -hmm. that um I was aware of it before but this is the first time I've I've had the opportunity to properly use it Mm -hmm. um and even though we're early in that journey one thing that my team are already expressing is like how useful it is and just even even the team that are doing the support (laughs) are kind of getting in there and Mm -hmm. reviewing each other's conversations and getting visibility to conversations which of which they were only a part, mm-hmm. or had or had no um, input oh. into, and how even reviewing conversations that they had a part in, like, has given them a wider and and kind of. They've, they've revisited it. Mm-hmm. it, revisited something they worked on a couple of weeks ago, and it's reminded mm-hmm. them of that piece of knowledge or that way that thing was approached or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're finding that useful. And the other thing I will say about Klaus is that we're just recreating our um, support engineer onboarding program mm-hmm. from from scratch. And one of the things I'm very keen to do is get Klaus in there very early uh-huh. Because of that visibility, it
2: gives you. Yeah, yeah, the think... fact that you can review tickets that are already closed is really great. Because usually, and I don't think support... ticketing, yeah, yeah I, I mean, the ticketing you...
0: system doesn't give you that, does it? Really? No, no. You always doing?
2: you only see tickets that still require an answer. So, like, if your answer was good, you will never know because you don't know whether they didn't answer because they gave up or because they didn't answer because the <laughs> the answer was correct. Like, there's a fifty yeah. fifty chance. Yeah. So, of course, yeah. and you could you can do that like before we implemented CloudSet Automatic. I did this with all the CSet tickets manually with a spreadsheet and Zendesk. It is possible. Like you don't need CloudSet; it just makes the sure. process much easier.
0: Mm. And it's so and, accessible across the organization.
2: So yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, and for us, it was like uh, I could not explain to marketing or 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 to HR or to legal how they have to use intercom to find the right conversations to review to learn what the customer support team is doing yeah, yeah. So it's like it's way easier it's like click here go in use this filter and there you go See the whole thing? yeah exactly and like i know that you, there are different ways you can solve this i want the company to know what customer support do like at automatic for example everybody does every year one week of customer support rotation so they actually work in customer support for a week which is also a very powerful way because that way Mm -hmm. people actually have a skin in the game because they have to talk to the customers the downside here is that this puts extra pressure on the buddy or on the customer support team because they now also have to take care of this person who I mean, our products change so much in one year. Like just because mm. somebody last year did a support rotation doesn't mean that they can answer any questions this year. Mm. And like so that means they, they are like in a little, I mean, they can help with the easier stuff, but if, when it gets complicated, they are almost like a liability. And that in Klaus, we kind of... <laughs> we we have
0: the, I won't tell them you said
2: that. No, <laughs> like the, the thing is, you can just have them the exposure to all the tickets in the world. Yes. And do this every week or every Mm. month or whatever. I mean, ten reviews per month. That's like half an hour over a month. Yeah,
0: because it's super fast in Klaus, as as we all know, right? right, Yeah. Okay. Um, Right. But I'm so so
2: lucky that I was that I managed to go into a product that like basically goes back to my passion for customer support. Like, I. I'm super in love with our cat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what a nice place to end this discussion about how in love with you are with your career transition (laughs) from customer to product. So, uh, in charge of customers, yeah, Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Thank you so much, Val. Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you and meander through a couple of things that Hmm. started with product customer and ended in your love affair with your new (laughs) wife. (laughs)
2: thank you very much for the great questions this was a really lovely conversation
0: no worries thank you so much for coming that's it for today go to customersupportleaders.com forward slash 180 for the show notes and i'll see you next time